Welcome to the special 2018 seasons of the Wealth Standard Podcast, celebrating life, liberty, and property. You are currently listening to Life Season 1. Hi, everyone. This is Patrick Donahoe. Welcome to the Wealth Standard Podcast. It is uh, episode three of our 2018 season one, where we're focusing on the principle of life. So if you're listening for the first time, definitely go back and check out the first two podcasts. Uh, They are both on video and on audio. Uh, You can access it uh, on YouTube and uh, and also iTunes. And definitely, if you like what you hear, the reviews are huge for getting the, the word out about uh, about the podcast specifically this uh, this season. So go on to iTunes, give us a good review, take a picture, and we'll give you a, send it to us at info at paradigmlife.net, and we'll give you some goodies. Now, one thing I, I thought would be good is just to kind of review really the the reason for uh, for the theme. So last uh, for last year or so, I've been uh, working on a, a book that's called uh, Heads I Win, Tails You Lose, and it, this summer is really where I I started to research a lot into the uh, the idea of life, liberty, and uh, and property, which uh, was really conceptualized by a guy named John Locke, who was an English philosopher back in the late 1700s, and obviously we recognize uh, as part of our vernacular life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness uh, because of uh, Thomas Jefferson's use in the Declaration of Independence. But you know, it's one of those it's one of those things that where the the actual saying itself. Uh, is uh, very well recognized, but the principles and understanding behind it isn't. So as I've studied it and I've really looked into each of those principles, that's where we came up with uh, the three seasons that we're doing this year. The first season being uh, life, which is focused on you as your greatest asset, and uh, and then uh, liberty, which is the pursuit of uh, freedom or the pursuit of uh, doing what you want to do. And so uh, as it relates to financial planning and financial advice, Everyone is really focused on retirement, which is the not doing or the stopping of doing. And uh, so therefore, the pursuit of financial freedom and liberty uh, is what the focus is going to be for season two. Uh, And then season three will be uh, the pursuit of property, which gets into the material world, not necessarily a real estate investment, but the material world and how that relates to uh, your use of it to create uh, abundance for you, your family. And uh, and it's going to be fun. I, I've really enjoyed the last couple of episodes. Uh, you know, really with with uh, Garrett Garrett Gunderson being the first. Uh, we've also recorded uh, number four with Ken McElroy, who is a rich dad advisor, uh, just an amazing individual. He's been so gracious with his time and his talents uh, with uh, with what we've built here at, at Paradigm. And uh, you know, it, it was awesome to see him in La Jolla. He was one of the speakers this past weekend, and it, we talked about just some things that really we we both believe in in regards to uh, the potential. Of of the human being, especially as it relates to the professional world, uh, and uh, and then I just recorded uh, earlier this afternoon uh, a the, the number five uh, episode, which is going to be Neil Godfrey, and uh, she is just an amazing individual. Uh, I got to tell you, it was an awesome interview, not what I was expecting at all. And she has written almost thirty books. She was one of the first executives at Chase Manhattan Bank, and she is a sharp cookie, believe me. And she right now is the the chair chair uh, woman. Uh, I guess you could say of the Children's Financial Network, and so we ha- we're gonna have a bunch of links. Uh, but don't uh, don't miss that episode. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be awesome. Uh, and also we're video. Obviously we're on Instagram too, but we're all we're video. So if you guys want to uh, check out the uh, the the podcast uh, live and in color, go to YouTube forward slash Paradigm Life. All right. So today what I thought would be uh, good to talk about 
And what I've been inspired to do is something I, I spoke about at the uh, at the event that I attended this past uh, this past weekend, and it was uh, primarily a real estate investment uh, conference. And so uh, Jason Hartman, who is a client of ours, really great friend, um, also part of his uh, mastermind group called the Venture Alliance. Um, I've gotten to know him really well, and I understand you know his pursuits, his passions, and, and the principles that he believes in, which is which are very similar, uh, if not identical, to my own. And you know we we've been talking about doing an event together, and we finally. Uh, pulled it off. And uh, it was definitely a, a success. There was, I think, over 300 people there. And and uh, some of the discussions, some of the speakers, some of the people that were there were, were just amazing. Uh, so so what I decided to teach there wasn't um, necessarily applicable to what Paradigm uh, Life does, but it's something that I learned that I always think about. And it, and it really changed the way in which I view myself, I view my professional life, and uh, and also my, my personal life. And it's called, uh, it's called uh, The Mirror. Now, I first heard of uh, this concept. It was actually a joint event. Garrett Gunderson was one of the participants in the event. But it talked about the the financial statement and how the financial statement is uh, a mirror of really the human human being. And so if you look at the the financial side of things, the income that you have, the money you've acquired, uh, the assets you have, the liabilities you have, the expenses that you have, it all relates ultimately to uh, a human being. And so what I want to do is really dig into uh, what I would say the uh, the foundation of, of all financial life. I would say life in general, which is not money. Uh, it's not business. It's not a property. It's not an investment, uh, but it is a, a human, human being and uh, their potential to produce and create value for other people, and uh, so I'll I'll kind of go through I'll go through my my presentation a little bit, uh, and I then give you some examples to uh, bring it bring it all home. But if you look at so for those that don't understand necessarily uh, financial statement, if you forget your accounting one hundred and one uh, course in college or in high school, uh, a financial statement consists of two things. First, there's an income statement, uh, and then second, there's a balance sheet. Now, an income statement has two components. Uh, it is income and expenses, and then a balance sheet uh, also has two components, which is uh, assets and liabilities. So, if, if you really want to get a good kind of fundamental read into this, uh, the book Cash Flow uh, uh, Cash Flow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki, as well as Rich Dad Poor Dad, give a great introduction into this whole uh, the idea behind a financial statement. But as I've looked at it, the whole mirror side of things is is something that you know I would say uh, was a disconnect for me, uh, especially I was as I was in college, getting into the professional life, uh, my professional life, and it was the correlation between really a financial statement and what it is, uh, and you as the individual. So this is how the the mirror works. So the income that you receive is essentially based on the services that you provide to other other people, and and that is you know ultimately a byproduct of your experience, uh, your uh, your knowledge, your uh, specific expertise, uh, and uh, and that's you know essentially what is paid for. Uh, if you're based on you know another type of income, it really doesn't matter. W two income, salary income, commission income, uh, etc. It's because you've provided a, a semblance of value to somebody in which they uh, gave you money for, right? Because they valued what you were providing more so than the money. Now, if you look at an employer-employee relationship, the employer, you know, really they pay uh, they pay less than what the person uh, that's providing the value is worth. Now, this is something that may discourage you and you may think that, you know, employers are these, you know, cold-hearted, I was, you know, I'm not going to use a bleep word. Even though you're here, Chunga. Just kidding. 
Um, but it, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where you know businesses are in the business. There's a tremendous amount of risk and energy um, and thought that goes into a business, you know, and and they're there to to turn profits, to make profits. That risk needs to be rewarded, and so therefore. The, the hiring of people has done so in the way uh, where you receive a benefit, you receive a service, and in exchange for that service, uh, you provide uh, compensation. But there has to be a differential there so that there's profit for uh, the company. And so looking at that, though, you first realize that, wow, like I'm not paid what I'm worth. I'm paid just a little bit less. So that should, you know, I would say, rationally speaking, tell you that, well, if you provide something that's valuable and you're getting paid less than what it's worth, you know, it's probably value to more valuable to more people but it's also something that you can uh, add to. The value in what you're providing now is not necessarily the value you're going to provide tomorrow, but it's based on uh, it's based on a choice. Uh, and that choice I associate with the uh, balance sheet side of things of what I'm going to call the, the human capital statement, uh, which is the mirror uh, the mirror of this balance sheet. So assets, the acquisition of assets is a you know function really uh, of your uh, of your income as you're saving and as you're investing and as you're earning interest. Uh, but really, the idea of uh, of an asset. Is uh, is you know when it comes to human capital, it's it is your experience, it's your network, it's your relationships, it's your certifications, it's your schooling, your formal training, uh, whatever whatever it may be, it's what you possess that is valuable to others in which they will pay for. Now, if you're not working, it doesn't mean you don't have any assets. It's just those assets are not being used by someone else. But what it should show, just as you can increase the assets of your balance sheet, you can also increase uh, the assets in your human capital statement, that that mirror. Now, how do you do that? Well, there's a million ways till Sunday, uh, but I'll, I'll mention a few and then I'm going to give you I'm going to give you some examples. So the first thing I would say is, uh, from my experience, I've I've met and done business with lots of business owners and people over the years, and there is no such thing as like a perfect. Uh, organization, per, a perfect company, per, a perfect uh, professional organization. There's always there's always challenges. There's always flaws. Uh, but if you look at the world through you know the eyes of really an entrepreneur, the eyes of an intrapreneur, the eyes of an opportunist, these are any challenge, any difficulty, any pain. Right, is also a sign that there's tremendous opportunity because if there's changes made, right, then there's improvement. So what I would say is you know as you look at you know the development of your assets, okay, you can continue to learn new things and discover opportunities based on these challenges. Uh, and you could potentially be the person that solves them. And and how do you, you know how do you do that? First you have to have that paradigm or perspective. But the the second thing you look toward is if you don't have the adequate skill set, if you don't or if you're not able to figure out what the solution is, doesn't mean you can't. Uh, and that's what it comes down to training. Now it's interesting, you know, you you really look at the society in which we we live in, uh, if you go back, you know, even 30 years, the access to information was so, maybe even 20 years, the access to information was so limited. Uh, In order to learn a subject, you had to go to, you know, you had to go to uh, I was going to say Barnes and Noble. I'm not sure why that came to mind. I don't know why Barnes and Noble came about. Uh, we had to go to the library, right? You had to go to the library. Uh, the internet was very uh, rudimentary at that time, and you know, at, in the library, you had to go through books. And what's the what's the card system in in libraries? The Dewey Decimal, the Dewey Decimal System, right? I mean, when's the last time you freaking heard of that word? Jeez, Dewey Decimal, Dewey Decimal System. Hashtag Dewey Decimal System. I wonder if there's a hashtag for that. It's probably not very popular. <laughs> Anyway, Dewey Decimal System, and then that's how it worked. But right now, like 
it's insane the amount of knowledge that is not just at your fingertips, but it's within you know the sound of your voice, Alexa or, or Siri or what's the Google what's the Google lady's name? At home. It's Google at home. The, it doesn't have a name. It doesn't have a name. No. Oh, that's lame. All right. Okay. Well, anyway, you have all of this information at your at your disposal, but it really comes down to the application of that knowledge, the application of that of that information. Um, so I'll give you I'll give you a couple examples. So. I have uh, some some good friends, uh, and and they're you know kind of business associates in a, uh, business associates in a sense, uh, but they you know they are uh, highly trained you know executives directors in the software industry, and I met them when they uh, one was at T-Mobile, one was at Microsoft, and they're really successful. I mean, high income earners. They've done wor- very well for themselves. They have been at previous companies, you know, Amazon, Expedia, uh, uh, Washington Mutual, um, and, a few, and a few others. Uh, but but anyway, the the idea is they they received tons of training, tons of certification. They ran big teams, did big projects, had huge like you know uh, what would that be? So seven, eight, nine figure budgets, and uh, you know that experience. I would say um, they they even acknowledged the fact that they didn't realize that that experience was applicable and valuable outside of those companies. Uh, but it wasn't until they started to look for opportunities for consulting, looking for opportunities, you know, to share that information and get paid for it. Okay, were they able to uh, to leave? Uh, so once they were able to discover that, they you know, there's a lot that comes along with those type of those uh, type of positions. Uh, a lot of anxiety, budgets, uh, deadlines, and, and so forth, goals, metrics, and uh, you know, and it can be taxing, or especially over time. But they, they realized that they had this skill set that would be valuable to others on the outside. And they had built up, you know, uh, some good investments, some good cash flow. They're also all clients of ours. And they got to the point where they were able to, uh, one was able to exit first and they had consulting jobs where they were able to do services that they were doing previously, but on their own terms. And then, you know, the supplement was uh, the cash flow from some of their, uh, some of their investment. And then uh, the second individual, uh, a couple years later, was able to do the same thing because again, it was that connection between how can I take my skill set, what I've learned there, and apply that to the outside world. Uh, and I'm going to use uh, I'm going to use another one. And then we'll get into the actual specific strategy itself, which is the topic for uh, for today. But I just wanted to make sure that there was good uh, was good context. So the other other one was actually uh, this past weekend, and it was a great conversation that I had with um, uh, with an individual, and he was in the Marines. What were, what were Marines called? Frogs? No, those are Navy SEALs. What are Marines called? Leathernecks, yeah, jarheads. Jar, oh man, you're gonna are they? okay. All right, so he was really cool guy, really cool guy. And you know, my one of one of our advisors here, Gary uh, Gary Pinkerton, who uh, was a former uh, submarine commander in the Navy and assistant to the Joint Chiefs of the Pentagon, uh, he really hit it off with them. And uh, and Gary, um, I would say, is the you know embodiment of what I'm going to talk about, which is this idea that this 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 guy, really cool guy, was at this conference, kind of figuring out what to do with his with his life because he realized that he that you know the the government contracting, which was you know what he did after the Marines, but the government contracts and getting into that field, right? There's not a lot of upward movement, and and he realized that, and he realized that you know this would be essentially his day to day, and he wanted more for himself, he wanted more for his family. And, uh, and so we had a great, you know, probably 20, 20 minute discussion where we really, you know, looked into the skill set that he was developing, not just in the Marines, but the skill set he was developing in, in the contract, in the uh, government contract world. And it was specific to importing and exporting. And, uh, and so 
we started to identify, okay, how, how are the skills associated with, you know, what you've acquired in the military uh, and what you've acquired throughout your uh, career with this, with this specific company uh, that would be valuable to the outside world? And, and we started to go through, and we had just come out of this, this speaker, uh, his name's John Burns, who is like the foremost like statistician and forecaster in the, in the uh, real estate world, where he was talking about the, the demographic, uh, demographic shifts uh, associated with you know what was going on in the in the in the country, um, and and how things were really expanding internationally, and and so we were talking about that, and it was one of those things where if you can master a skill of of law associated with importing and exporting, it's like most companies would find that that hugely valuable, right? Because if you have these emerging markets, I mean, the stats show that in Africa there are more there are more uh, more adults under the age of like, I think 30 than there are in the entire population of the United States, right? And very similar in China, China is actually getting to the point where they're, you know, consuming uh, more than, than America's uh, Americans with some, you know, some goods and services. And so you have this kind of growing emerging market world, and that's all outside of the United States. And that's where tons of opportunity is. But yet, sometimes we get so narrowly focused and we have, you know, just this, this perspective that the way in which we're living right now is all that there is. Uh, but the, you know, the conversation we had really related to, okay, what, who are some companies that have goods and services that would be uh, valuable to, you know, to those that live in India, those that live in China, those that live in, you know, these emerging markets. And it was a fascinating conversation because he started, you, know, you could see the light bulbs going off and he started to realize that he could take what was in this mirror of his, of his uh, financial statement and, uh, and take those assets and apply them in different in different ways, uh, and also build on them. And I would say also, you know, part of the conversation was in the military there is a there is a, a unique you know a unique skill set that comes from that, not just you know the military and, and fighting side of things, uh, but also the camaraderie, the organization, the execution of orders, uh, the framework of of a team, and and he had that as well. And so those you know as far as what we were identifying as assets on on his you know human capital balance sheet, uh, you know you could really start to see that uh, in his eyes that he knew that there was probably application in other co- uh, other companies. So these are just these are just examples really of of the following. If you if you're showing up in the morning to a place that you you know a, a profession or an office that you don't enjoy that you don't find fulfillment right you don't have to be there and I would say the more we we sacrifice that dynamic for for making an income and making money the the more it affects everything else around us so the idea is to really identify what is this skill set that I have and where is it valuable where it would be on my terms or it would be in another company that did have good culture that did have have good you know trajectory as far as upward movement is concerned all right so this is how it comes down to to strategy now you know really the idea behind uh, this context is is to show you that because of the world that we live in, there's so much opportunity uh, to take advantage of technology that exists, take advantage of how the workplace is evolving. And uh, so right now, I would say the predominant financial strategy that, that most individuals participate in uh, is, is a retirement plan or a 401k. Uh, and this is, uh, we, I interviewed the, the guy, Ted Benna, who 
uh, invent, well, he was the first one to actually use uh, the 401k as a financial planner. Uh, and it go, his history is amazing because it was never intended to be what it has become today. Uh, and, and I would say, you know, right now, individuals, right, are, are in the, this very risky position associated with uh, their investments, specifically their retirement accounts. Because right now, based on what the stock market is doing, it's highly leveraged. There's lots of uh, manip- manipulation and looking at all the stimulus that has occurred over the last couple of years, right? It's one of those things where the the misallocation of resources, the malinvestment is very evident in a lot of different ways. And, you know, it's one of those things where some numbers don't make sense. Now, is there going to be a correction? Who knows? Uh, but at the same time, the risk is really associated with those that uh, have the bulk to lose, which in this uh, this case are, are uh, those that have pensions as well as retirement accounts, because the majority are held inside of mutual funds. The majority of investments are in mutual funds. So I'm not going to get into really the 401k side of things. If you want to learn, you know, really the analytics and why we believe what we believe regarding retirement accounts and deferred uh, deferred compensation vehicles like a 401k or an IRA, uh, you can go to our website. We have tons of free tutorials that you can uh, listen to and learn. Uh, that's paradigmlife.net. And, uh, and so what I'm going to segue into is our philosophy really dates back to what was the traditional financial planning uh, of, of hundred years ago. And individuals would not save inside of a 401k. They would not save inside of mutual funds because they didn't exist back then. What they saved into was uh, insurance vehicles, into the insurance industry. The insurance industry was uh, had a, a much bigger presence at that period of time than uh, than they do today. Uh, and really, it was because of the uh, a lot of the tax reform and inflation, uh, as well as you know some of the participation by the Federal Reserve in stimulating the economy. I'm not going to get into that history. I Either. But really, in uh, the late 70s, leading up into the late 80s, with a lot of the tax reform during the Reagan era, that is where a lot of this change took place, and uh, and it basically pushed out uh, insurance companies as being the predominant place in which Americans stored wealth and uh, and made way uh, for Wall Street. And that's you guys can imagine. Well, you guys know you're experiencing it. You know, every headline today, uh, experiencing uh, what is going on in uh, in Wall Street, and uh, so the idea for us is that we we date back and really utilize a vehicle as the fi- foundation of uh, of a financial strategy that's using uh, insurance, and uh, this insurance vehicle is designed a specific way. And we use it a specific way. So unlike uh, a 401k, which you cannot access uh, if you are employed without borrowing against it and being subject to terms, this is a it's a vehicle that not only is earning interest and is gaining value uh, with characteristics of a savings account, okay, where you can't lose any money. Okay, you also have access to uh, using a loan provision that comes with this, uh, and this is where it comes down to an investment in in you. You as your greatest asset. So I wrote down a few things that I that I would say um, have been been beneficial to me. But what I'll do is I'll segue into uh, a book that I've referenced a few times, which is the Tribe of Mentors by Tim Ferriss. And I had the opportunity to have uh, have dinner with with uh, Tim a few months ago, and it was an enlightening conversation. It was a several hour conversation and dinner and very enlightening individual, very uh, motivating individual. And uh, what he's been able to crank out as far as work is concerned, like books and so forth is, is just incredible. But in the book, in the tribe of mentors, what Tim did is he sent out 20 questions to some of the most influ- uh, influential people that are out there. Um, you know, Richard Branson, uh, Jimmy Fallon, I mean, and a whole host of other people. And he asked them these 20 questions. And in those 20 questions, not all of them, you know, not each of the people that received this email answered the question, um, but they answered some of them. 
And there was one in particular that probably everybody answered, which was what has been your best investment? And without fail, every single one of those people never answered outside of something that they did. Not an investment like a mutual fund or a property or a business, but them personal development, investing in them, investing in opportunities. And, uh, and it's, it's just, it's just amazing that that recur, you know, that, that re, it's a reoccurring thing. And, uh, and then I look at, you know, really, uh, Warren Buffett. I watched a documentary of his a few months ago on a plane ride home. And he, the, one of the only things that he hangs in his office is not, you know, all the accolades that he has and honorary degrees that he has, but he hangs in his office a certificate by the Dale Carnegie Institute. Dale Carnegie Institute, which is a per, one of the first uh, personal development courses long ago. But he shows that as his best investment. So how can you follow suit? How can you, you know, instead of using a 401k and using retirement accounts, how could you invest in yourself? Well, here's how. So instead of making investment into a 401k or an IRA or Roth IRA, okay, where it is a very single dimensional uh, account and investment based on something that you rarely have control over, you invest in something that's not going to lose money, something that is, you know, really time tested over well over a hundred years. Okay. You use it to grow your wealth, but then the loan provision that they are able to really give you from day one without any penalty or consequences, you can use that to invest in yourself. So let's say that you put, um, you know, $10,000 into, into this per year. That 10,000 is going to grow. It's going to earn interest. It's going to be interest that's tax-free uh, and you have access to it. So what that means is that you could take a loan from the insurance company at a very low interest rate and you can invest in something that is going to develop you personally. And I'll give you some things that, I, that I've done that I've seen massive returns from. Uh, so back in, back in 2011, um, I uh, re-linked up with a relationship uh, in the real estate investing world with a podcast called The Real Estate Guys Radio. And uh, Robert and Russell, um, I hadn't known at the time, but they've become really great friends of mine and huge supporters of, of me. And I'm you know, infinitely grateful for them. Uh, and they, you know, they were kind of coming out of a difficult time. I mean, it was a financial crisis and real estate got hammered. And, and, uh, and so they were kind of getting back on their feet. And we were sponsoring their, their podcast, which was a stretch in and of itself. Um, but I was, uh, they were receiving money from us, you know, month in and month out. Uh, and they, it finally occurred to them, wow, maybe we should probably go up and see what these, you know, or, or contact these guys so we can find out, you know, exactly what they're doing. So they invited me out to San Jose, California. I was on their podcast uh, back in like, I think it was fall of 2011. And uh, maybe we can link, link that podcast. That'd be cool. I don't, I don't even want to listen to it, but it'd be pretty funny. Yeah. So you can find it. Um, but you know, it was, uh, it was amazing. It was like serendipity. Uh, these guys are amazing. We, we share a very similar philosophy and, uh, and you know, they, uh, after this was, you know, about a month later, they invited me to be a faculty member on, uh, the real estate guys summit at sea investor summit at sea, uh, which is essentially like a, a longer than week, uh, cruise 
uh, where you just get a board with 100, 150. They've had upwards of you know 200 people, um, all investors, where you learn about investing, you learn about the economy, you learn about financial strategy and so forth. And there are people from all over the world. There are people from New Guinea, from the UK, from other other uh, you know, Europe. It's uh, it's 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 pretty amazing. I met some like lifelong lifelong friends to this event, but it's expensive, and it was expensive for me. The faculty actually had to pay. Um, so I, I paid a amount that I didn't think that I had, and I went to this place and I, you know, stretched with uh, with uh, with Cynthia because we were supposed to do like a little you know uh, getaway, and I convinced her to go on this like cruise with a bunch of strangers talking about investment, um, and at the time you know she was super mad at me, but uh, but it, we we became really good friends with a lot of people on this on this cruise and a lot of business relationships, a lot of investment opportunities have come from it, uh, and you know if it was a ten thousand dollar expense, um, I've you know, probably made millions off of off of it uh, because uh, because of that amazing opportunity, uh, and that that is a perfect example of uh, an investment in human life value, which is you know. If you do are able to capitalize on uh, on these type of insurance policies, we call them wealth maximization accounts. That it's growing, it's earning interest, it's do, it's doing what your retirement account is going to do anyway, what an investment is going to do anyway. But taking a loan from it, investing in something that is going to increase your network, increase your knowledge, uh, increase you know y- your your motivation. Uh, that those are invaluable things if you really think about it. And I would say, you know, the most valuable thing I have in my life is my relationships. And uh, you know, really, when it comes to to business, that's what it is: your reputation and your relationships. And you never know at these events what you're, you know, what really you're going to find. Another another event that I went to a couple years ago was uh, Business Mastery by Tony Robbins, uh, which was an incredible event. There's thousands of people there. You have this like in, you know, this guy that's not human, uh, really talking and motivating you to become better, have your business get better. Uh, and it was really expensive too, but it was this idea that I had so many breakthroughs. I have, you know, dozens of pages of notes and I still refer back to them as far as the goals that I set for myself, the purpose uh, that I have for my business and for my, my personal life. And uh, and it was, you know, really a, a transformational event for me. Now you look at it as an expense, okay, but I look at it as an investment. Most people, I would say, look at these different events, look at personal development, look at courses, right, as these, as these big expenses. But they are some of the best investments that you can make if you look at the world uh, through the mirror of uh, of a financial statement and really understand where money comes from, understand where assets come from, uh, which is ultimately within the value of people. All right, now obviously those are very high ticket ticket events, and most people can't you know write do that. Uh, and I would say that it, that's just an example. Right now we live in a world where like there's so much information out there on anything. I, I, I guarantee that every single challenge, which I look at as an opportunity within a business, within the economy, within a relationship, within an investment, there is a solution to that. And I would say that those, uh, those solutions, if you don't know how to, to provide a solution, you have the capacity to learn how to provide the solution. And so what I would say is if that's true and test me on it, challenge me on it if you want uh, but if that's true, now it's a matter of going out and learning whatever skill set is necessary to actually solve the problem. Uh, and you know, I would say it, it comes down to you know a company that is uh, a few different uh, few different issues. So looking at you know the experience that I've had 
uh, peering into companies, I look at really some fundamental challenges. I would say one of the first challenges is sales, right? In order for a business to actually make any money, they have to sell something. And there's no business that's not going to turn down the opportunity to sell more. So understanding the principles of sales, I think, is is profound. And the, the best, I would say, personal development around sales that I've ever experienced uh, isn't you know a Dale Carnegie. It isn't a Jack Canfield. It isn't a Zig Ziglar. Um, although those are are valuable, I would say the best course that I've ever taken is uh, is from David Sandler, and he's uh, passed away. Uh, but David Sandler has this methodology that is profound, uh, and you can get onto Sandler.com and and learn about him. There's local like fr- franchise different trainings now, <clears throat> but I consider it. And my good friend Tim Francis, uh, who's you know motivational motivational speaker, business coach, uh, he went to it recently. And, uh, and it's, you know, you can follow him on Instagram and he has totally, you know, totally changed the way in which he's looking at sales and seeing the opportunity there. Uh, but Sandler sales is one of the best, I would say, you know, courses there. Uh, the next thing I would say is you can't sell anything unless people know about it, which leads to marketing. And, you know, in the marketing world, man, marketing, it changes like daily. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Uh, social media has totally opened up ways in which people can transact. Um, you have crazy stuff that you guys probably aren't even aware of that's going on right now that, uh, that marketers are using to get messaging in front of you. I'll, I'll use a creepy one. So within certain apps, right, you have essentially with the download of the app, uh, given permission to people to track you so they can actually geolocate your phone. And when you pull up near a Starbucks or you pull up near a Lowe's, uh, or you pull up near a McDonald's, like they know you're coming. And they notify you, right? And even with Starbucks, Starbucks has this like artificial intelligence, which is amazing. It's like they track you, but then they learn like your routines and they know when you go and get coffee and they ping you, right? When you're, you know, getting up saying, hey, should we order your, you know, what's a famous coffee beverage, a triple nonfat yogurt latte or pumpkin, pumpkin latte. I don't know, whatever. You know, it's one of those, it's one of those things where like they, they know that, right? And it's so creepy, but it's the same thing with like Amazon, right? Amazon, no, like pre-ships things you haven't bought yet, right? Anyway, my, my point behind, you know, the, the, the technology is, I don't even remember what my point was. Oh, it was marketing. So the, the idea is like marketing is changing so quickly. It's, it's, imp- I would say it's impossible, especially for like a, a decent sized business, you know, hundred person or more business to keep up with all the trends. But using resources, my good friend uh, Mike Dillard has some amazing courses that uh, that teach uh, marketing. So you can you know go to mikedillard.com. He also has a, a podcast called Self Made Man, which is amazing. Some of the guests he has on there are incredible. Uh, but also you know digitalmarketer.com, uh, Ryan Dice's company. They have some amazing resources on there. Uh, so it's it's one of those things where the resources out there to really keep up on marketing. If that's your thing, right, to help improve uh, yourself, but also help improve uh, your your company. Um, and then uh, let's see a few other few other things. I would say culture is another big thing. And you know, I've I've talked on the show before about some of the cultural changes we made at Paradigm um, last year. Uh, many of which were very challenging and difficult. And uh, but at the same time, you know, the environment is being created where. Uh, you know, people have made lifelong relationships without a doubt. And it's it's really 
you know, coming into its coming into its own. It's really cool to see. Uh, but culture is a big thing. If there's a toxic comp- uh, culture at your company, um, learning culture, learning how it forms, uh, reading Cameron Harold or reading uh, or getting into Simon Sinek and the um, number of videos that he has out there, I think you'll start to see ideas associated with what you can do practically uh, to impact uh, impact your culture uh, and. All in all, if people show up to a workplace happier, more fulfilled, excited to see you, you're going to get better, better results. And that, that skill right there, I would say is one of the most valuable, valuable assets. Um, so you know how you have like those, like it's crazy, like I haven't done it yet, but the, like the 23andMe, you have these tests to show you like what your DNA is and, you know, where you come from. And people are all surprised that they think they were from England, but they're really from Scotland or, you know, Ireland, which was the, the arch enemy. So you don't, you have no idea what happened there. <clears throat> but I would say some Irish girls like some, you know, English, English guys. But it's one of those, you know, it's one of those things where people are fascinated with, you know, their ancestry. They're fascinated with where they came from, what what makes up who they are today. And I would say there are ways in which you can peer in, not necessarily into your, you know, your heritage and your DNA, but you can get into, you know, really who you are as an individual, how you're wired, what you love to do, your your strengths, whether it's uh, an analytic or whether it's a driver. Um, I would say, you know, Colby is a really amazing, um, you know, test that shows your, you know, your, your tendon, it shows your natural tendencies, your natural, you know, gravitation towards certain activities, uh, and your resistance to others. And, uh, and I'd also say, uh, strengths finders, another one, Myers Briggs, but these tests all tell a story about who you are. And I think who you are is also very similar to DNA, right? DNA is a function of like, all the you know the people that came before us, right? Our forefathers, our ancestries, even even you know those those cave people that you know are part of our DNA. You know, it's you look you really look at the makeup of our physical our physical body, but there's also a very significant presence of our personality, our psychology, based on some very similar factors. And you can learn not like where the personalities came from. I mean, whoever cracks that code would be pretty. That's pretty amazing. But you can at least learn who you are today. You can learn what your traits are, what your skills are. Um, and there's lots of you know placement associated with that uh, as far as the, the ideal uh, professions, the ideal positions. Uh, because frankly, you could be you know a lawyer or a doctor or an accountant or a highly paid you know professional and just hate what you're doing, right? And it's because your natural tendencies, your natural desires, your natural skill sets don't align with that profession, right? So it can also help in that regard. But I would also say learning more about you, learning about your natural abilities, your unique abilities, your your you know internal genius is also is also really powerful. Uh, and uh, and that's about it in that regard. I'll comment on the book and then we. Will We'll wrap up and my daughter can get off of Instagram and uh, start doing her homework. So the book's going to come out probably in March or April. And the book's called Heads I Win, Tails You Lose. Really the reason why I chose that title is um, because of the financial strategies that we that we teach, um, you know, in essence, putting the position to not lose. Uh, and I would say right now there are many people losing the battle of, of personal finance. Uh, one, because of the, you know, I'm going to go out and on a limb and say the exploitation of Wall Street in regards to, um, you know, convincing people that, you know, those are the, that's the best place to put money. Uh, but also I would say the credit industry, which is actually the same industry that are, you know, really using usurious uh, business practices to lure people in uh, to very high interest and in trapping them um, in this, you know, vicious, vicious cycle. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, 
I don't want, I, I know that there are solutions for people to win. And it's not just a function of the financial tools that you use or products that you use. It's a, it's a function of who you are. And I would say the best investments is what I've explained today. Uh, and that's why we really prefer as our foundation, right? And, and, you know, even a lot of financial podcasts, they don't get, they don't get this. It's all talking about cryptocurrency and blockchain and, and uh, you know, this type of insurance policy or this type of ETF or this type of this. It's like people don't get it. It's like financial products are one of the re- relying on them for your future is one of the riskiest things you can do. Now, it makes money for the people that are selling them, okay? but at the same time, it puts you in a tremendous amount of risk because you're the only one that loses in the end if they don't work out the way that they're, they're sold. And, and looking at what I've discovered, which is you know, a byproduct of mentors that came long before um, I came around, they're the ones that inspired me to really look at the framework of a personal economy, the framework of financial freedom, uh, which has to have a foundation that is safe, secure, uh, that is bulletproof. I'm not going to use safety and security because I hate those words, but bulletproof. Uh, the bulletproof idea is that it has the time-tested history, it has the math, it has the performance, it has the structure that uh, really you know creates this psychology that is impossible to create without it. And then the idea is really to you know use yourself as the number one asset to analyze investments, but also to build who you are, which is where the most money is ever going to come from, in my opinion. And so the book and really the, it's it's really meant to show you ways in which you can structure your financial life uh, to 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 live it to the fullest to find that achievement, to find that enjoyment, uh, which so many people today uh, can do. And, uh, and I don't know, I think the book ultimately, my goal is it for it to be a tool to create that kind of faith in the individual so that they uh, do pursue, uh, pursue those things that, um, you know, that they feel inclined to do, but they just don't have the gumption yet. That's, uh, that's my ultimate goal. So, all right, well, this is a good conclusion to episode three of the first season of the Wealth Standard Podcast focusing on life. And next week, you do not want to miss an amazing man, an amazing business owner, a guy that, you know, over the last uh, just two years has, no, actually three three years, has built 10, over 10,000 units of apartment buildings. He has a 350-person company and it has won like best employer for the last couple of years in, in, uh, in Arizona. And just an amazing individual, Ken McElroy, one of the Rich Dad Advisors, author of ABCs of Real Estate, ABCs of Property Management, uh, and uh, I think the ABCs of Advanced Real Estate. Uh, but anyway, he's an amazing individual. I've known him for years and I can't wait for you to see that uh, that interview and that video. So make sure you stick around next week. Also, if you're a first-time listener, go back and listen to the first couple of episodes, uh, one with Garrett Gunderson, uh, the second being uh, me flying solo, talking about uh, an incredible book called The Law of Success by Napoleon Hill. And uh, we'll continue on with uh, uh, another few few episodes uh, of life. And I can't wait for you to see uh, what's uh, what's in store. So that's it for uh, that's it for us today. We will talk to you next week. And all y'all on uh, on Instagram, we gotta come up with like a, like a like an ending call line. Like peace. No, that that's so stupid. We gotta do something better than that. You gotta come up with like some like you know some symbol. All right. Take care, everyone. Thank you for joining us as the Wealth Standard Podcast spends all of 2018 celebrating life, liberty, and property. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes, and we'll see you on the next one.